Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Be the first, nor will I be the last. Children, make sure you honor your moms today. Um, what, a, what a special day this is. I'm Eric, I'm one of the pastors here. I want to welcome every guest, all my church family online at Everglades Correctional. Uh, today is a special day. Not only because it's Mother's Day, but because today I have some help. See, I need you to understand, I need help on a day like today. Moms, you matter to God. And so every Mother's Day, we want to make sure that we are speaking specifically to what you experience as a mother. And last year, I was excited. I put together this incredible message, I thought, based on this passage in the Bible that tells a story of this harlot who's also a mother. And so I share with the team and, and I'm excited. I'm like, guys, we're going to talk. Again, this was last year. We're going to talk about this this year. I think it's going to give so much help to imperfect moms. And then all the moms on staff, they vetoed it quickly. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, come on, if, if we're going to be the perfect place for imperfect people, then what better story than to share about an imperfect mom that was a woman of the night that God redeemed to parent her children. And uh, apparently that's not what moms want to hear on Mother's Day being compared to a, a uh, harlot. So uh, I figured this year I may need some help. I may need someone with a little bit more authority and expertise on the situation so church family, would you give it up for my best friend, my partner in ministry, my wife, Jessica Gamero. Hi, guys. Hey, love. Hi. Good to have you. Hi. How are you? Hi. Oh, I'm that good. was loud in my ear. That was loud in your ear because my kisses are loud. Oh, weird. All right. Hi, guys. It's going to get a little awkward today, guys. Just letting you know. <laughs> This is going to be great. Hi, Church Familia. My name is Jessica Camaro, and I serve in our next-gen ministry here at Local. Uh, shameless plug, summer camps are open, so if you have a child, sign them up for camp. It's the best thing you can ever do as a parent. Side note. All right. <laughs> um, I have been in ministry with Eric for 15 years. We've served here at Local for 10. Yeah. This past March was 10 years here at, uh, at Local, and... You know, I was, I am very appreciative for Eric for the fact that he recognized that maybe hearing from a mom on Mother's Day has value, but I also feel a little bit cheated because he has asked me to work harder on Mother's Day. <laughs> so have some grace with me, but I am excited for what God has Listen, for us today. We need you. She, she is an expert. In fact, mom, I want you to know all of you are experts in this. Malcolm Gladwell, if you know who he is, he defines being an expert in something is to invest 10,000 hours of dedicated time to that. And so Moms, you are experts. Jessica, you are an expert. I don't know if you can tell, but I am not. I am a man, and so I have no expertise in what it means to become a mother. So we need you. Moms are awesome. We need you here today. Okay, yes, we are awesome. Yes, you are. Moms, we are awesome, all right? Uh, fun little fact, we actually we reached that 10,000-hour mark at about 13 months. So you know that breath that you feel like you can take after your kid turns a year? It's because you become an expert. So parents... Pat yourself on the back. If you have a child who's 13 months old or older, you are an expert. You've done it. Good job. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so we are, we are actually, we're continuing in our series and, and today with Mother's Day, we're, we're talking about a lot of different things. Um, but for us personally, the, the path to parenthood was one that was not easy 
uh, there was a lot of loss and struggle and waiting uh, that happened along the way. I didn't cry this time. I did it. <laughs> um, and so we know what today is for some of you in this room, some of you online. We know that although it's a day of celebration, there might be some pain that comes with it as well. And I personally, in that time um, of struggle, I kind of got, had gotten to a place where, you know what? I might just be mom to these people who I get to be mom to for a season. My whole life I was called mom. People said it as an insult. Uh, because I was the responsible one who kept everyone alive. So I was like, okay, sure, I'm mom, that's a bad thing. And so I just thought that that was gonna be my role in life, was, was to be those things to people in different seasons. Um, so I want you to know that if today has a little bit of a sting with it, know that you are seen and that you're known and you're not alone. Yeah, That's a good reminder. It's a day of celebration, but for, for many, Again, if you are struggling, we want you to know that you're seen. You matter to God and you matter to us. In fact, today we're continuing the series that we started a few weeks ago called Triggers and Buttons. And, and we've talked about anger. We talked about anger last week. We talked about anxiety. And, and, and today we're going to continue in this series so that we can have some understanding of some rhythms that we can live out in this life that will help us uh, lower our triggers being pushed and our buttons being pushed so that we can grow into all that God has called to be by strengthening our mental health. And so if you're ready for some, some teaching today, if you're ready to help put some healthy rhythms in your life, Church Familia, can you say amen? Amen. All right, let's do this. Uh, we've been talking about a very particular family over the past couple weeks, and on Easter, we actually heard from Eric about the brother in the family and the miracle that God did in his death and yeah. bringing him back to life. And today, we're going to be focusing on the sisters. So if you can open up to Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, it'll be on the screens. It's in your app. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and read. Verse 38, now... As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Whose house? Her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and, and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary was, has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. See here, we find Martha and she's, she's anxious and troubled or she's angry over all of the things. And, and no one wants to be the Martha distracted by the tasks in life and, and missing the things that are important in front of us. But here's the deal. Martha is the Proverb 31 woman. In Proverb 31, we, we hear about this woman who is involved in her town governance, who is a landowner. She is a business owner, a mother, a wife, a spiritual influence within her community. She's this woman who we should be attaining to. She is a woman who is, who is praised. And that's who Martha is. She's just out of balance. She's gotten out of her healthy rhythm. 
And, and men, I, I want you to understand that what we're going to talk about today, this isn't just for the women. This isn't just for the moms. This is something that is for all of us. Sometimes we can be uh, teaching our child a sport, any sport, uh, and we can be there and we can get frustrated that they're not picking up the mechanics of it, that they haven't quite figured out the talents. Like you just close the glove. The ball comes in, you close the glove. That's how you keep the ball in the glove. And, and we get frustrated and we're like, just close your glove, you can do this, keep your eye on the ball. And, and they don't do it and we miss the beauty of the fact that we get to play catch with our kid. Case in point, very personally, would be uh, Ethan's birthday. I don't know if you're aware of this, but our kids went like two years without really having birthday parties, so they feel like they need to make up for lost time. And that was Ethan in January. He had all of the plans of all of the things that he wanted for his birthday. And as mom, I had the mom guilt. And I wanted to help him do all of the things for his birthday. And I, um, I'm not a crafty mom. You are crafty, though. Just not a crafty mom. Uh, don't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> love you. Love you. Um, but I, I have friends who are very crafty and creative and bougie and all the extra things, and I can call them and they can create those things for me, but that's just not, that's not me. That's not how God designed me, and I'm okay with that. But um, so for his birthday, I was doing what all non-crafty moms do, and I went to Publix for them to make the nice, themed, beautiful birthday cake for me. And uh, I actually said, hey, I'm going to Publix, and I've got to order the cake for your birthday. And he said, I don't want a cake for my birthday, Mom. I'm like, no, 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 that's the only part that's, like, designed. Like, that's, that's the creative part that's there in your birthday. And he's like, no, Mom, I want your brownies. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can't make brownies look good. Like, I can stack them in, like, a tower, or I don't know. I can't make brownies look good. And I was frustrated because I had this long list of all the things that I was trying to do to create this experience for him for his birthday. And you know what? I made the brownies, and I stacked them. And I can tell you this. That cake could never have beat the look on my kid's face as he was telling his friends, those are my mom's brownies, and she made them for me. Like, you can have some, but they're mine. Those are my brownies, and my mom made them. And that's, that's any stage of life, right? We can get weighed down, overwhelmed by the busyness and the things that we have to do that we can become anxious. But understand that you're enough, and that being okay in being overwhelmed is all right. Yeah. So again, if you remember, we talked a few weeks ago about anxiety. It's a natural feeling that everyone experiences. It's okay if you're anxious. God doesn't want you to stay there, but the fact that you are doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. 
And it's okay to be angry. We talked about that last week. And so what Jessica didn't share in this story was how she was Martha and I was Mary in this story. I was just being, you know, oh, whatever happens and triggering her and pushing her buttons. Because the kids, they, they were also saying, Daddy, can we, can we do this? Can we do this for Ethan's birthday? And I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever you want. You want to invite all the friends of your class? Go ahead. You want to invite the neighborhood kids? And Jessica's like, what are you doing? You're not organizing this. The weight of responsibility is on me. So I'm triggering her, causing her anxiety by not really caring about anything. And then I start pushing her buttons when I said this. I said, Jessica, just calm down. It's going to be okay. Okay. I need everyone to understand this. No one in the history of the world has ever calmed down when someone says calm down. So just like stop trying. I get it. That, that's the point. So, so how, how do we create rhythms in our lives so that we aren't triggered as easy, our buttons aren't easily pushed so that our mental health can be strengthened to be used by God. How do we do that then? We can start by not adding guilt on top of the fact that we feel anxious, overwhelmed, yeah. and angry. You know, those, those emotions, they are very real and natural responses when you're triggered or your buttons are pushed. So you don't need to, to feel guilt that you're feeling anything other than joy and happiness. But the important thing is, is that we don't become paralyzed in those feelings. We don't want to be stuck there in those emotions. We need to have a healthy process for dealing with the things that come our way when our buttons are pushed. Yeah, so Romans chapter 12 is what we've been looking at, and we're going to continue to talk about it next week. But it talks about patterns of thinking that lead to a renewed mind. And so what we want to give today are three practical rhythms for a renewed mind. And here's what I'm going to do. It kind of feels like we're in some sort of infomercial. we got a table. And we, we got the slap chop. So I'm, just, I'm going to get closer to you, and I'm going to stay okay. seated. That's what I'm going to do. You're Maybe not. Who knows? I might break my own <laughs> rules. We have three <laughs> rhythms for a renewed mind. The first one I want you to write down is this. Write this down. A rhythm of rest. Say that after me. Say a rhythm of rest. Of rest. We read Luke 10, 38. It's up there on the screens. In this, we get this picture of, of Martha putting everything together, multitasking, and then we have this image of Mary seemingly mooching on her sister. Martha's cooking. She's cleaning. She's making sure the food is ready, that everyone is happy, well, it seems that, that Mary is just taking advantage and not carrying her weight. Mm. Now, I want to make this clear as we continue. This isn't a story about comparison, okay? It's yeah. not like a BuzzFeed quiz where it's like, oh, okay, I put in all the answers. I, I feel overwhelmed. I feel undervalued. Oh, I must be a Martha. It's not trying to figure out which sister you are. This isn't about comparing people. This is about comprehending priorities, yeah. understanding What's most important when? So we have Mary resting, and Mary is doing the right thing. Martha, she's running around and making sure everything is good and that everyone is happy. But because Martha has not put a rhythm of rest into her life, she is not happy. Again, for all the moms or all the caretakers out there, I get it. that The mess may trigger you. The messy people may push your buttons. I'm not messy. No, no, I am. <laughs> But I want you to hear this. You may say, but if I don't do the work, it'll never get done. Someone has to get the work done. I get that, but you need to know that if you don't rest, you're going to be done. Yeah. Sooner than later. See, God did not design us 
to always be on. The example that God set for us in creation is that he created everything in six days. He worked in six days, and then he took one day to intentionally rest. God not only gave us this example, he baked it into creation. Yeah. I mean, the, part of the Levitical law was for the farmers of that time, that agrarian society, every seventh year, they could not work the land. They had to let the land rest. Why was that? So it could be refreshed, so it could be restored and rejuvenated for future growth. And even today, scientists and farmers, they all put this into practice because it has been proven that even the land needs to rest. God baked it into creation. So I want you to turn to someone and tell them this. Say, hey, God wants you to calm down. <laughs> yeah, that's also not going to work. Doesn't work when we In say God. In the heat of the moment, that is not going to work. <laughs> Don't do that, men. <laughs> hey, God wants you to calm down. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know what God wants you to do? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this is creation. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created day and night. Why was that? So that we could learn to rest. There's this circadian rhythm that, that our minds and our bodies are used to. The sun comes up. There's light now. That's a trigger to, to, for us to start working. And now the sun goes down. It's dark. That is a signal for us that we need to stop working and start resting. God created us to need rest. In fact, if we don't get sleep, we will get sick. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Finals, everything that you have to do. You feel this, this burden on your body and your mind. But we give all these excuses. We say, but, but there's so much work to be done. Oh, there's so much laundry to fold, amen. There, there's, there's so much uh, homework that I need to help the kids with. If they're going to get into the school, we want them to get into. There, there's, there's, there's work that I have to attend to. And if I, if I take time to rest from my work, then my family won't have what they need. My family won't be able to survive. Someone needs to work. Again, I get it. But if you don't rest, listen, you won't survive. Mm. We were created to rest. The anxiety that you're experiencing will never be relieved without rest. If you never take the time intentionally to rest your mind and your body, your mind and your body will pay for it. You will burn out. Or worse, you will blow up on somebody that you love. So before you do that, create a rhythm of rest in your lives. Why is that so important? Why, well, why didn't God just simply create us to, to be on 24 hours? Because he wants us to learn to depend on him, to trust him. Yeah. He wants us to have the confidence that he will help us take care of the rest of the things we have to if we will learn to rest from our things. Amen? Amen. Psalm 121, the psalmist, he says, he says, I, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. And he asks this question that a lot of moms and a lot of overworked people ask, where does my help come from? Doesn't, help, doesn't come from you little critter kid, doesn't come from my spouse. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. You hear that, moms? You're not going to trip and fall. He has you. He who watches over Israel will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God sleeps so that we can rest. God doesn't stop his work now so that we can stop from our work. And when we rest, when we learn to have a rhythm of rest, of, of being intentional to say no and, and rest in those moments, he'll work all things together for our good. Say rest. Rest. 
That's what we need to create a rhythm of. That's what it means to Sabbath. It means to rest. But I want you to hear this. Resting doesn't mean stopping from work, okay? It means to actually rest, but it's not simply stopping from work. It's not, I'll stop today, and then tomorrow I'll pick up everything and all the burdens that I have. No, that's not what it means to rest. Resting actually means to release, to get in the presence of God and to learn to let go to him so that you can see his provision, his protection, his power over your life. One final passage I want to read to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says this. He says, come to me. See if this sounds like you. All who labor and are heavy laden. Yeah. All of you who are overwhelmed and, and, and overworked and undervalued, come to me and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Be in my presence. See how I've done it. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Then he gives us his promise. He says, you will find rest for your souls. Yeah. And, and that's what we see Mary doing in these verses, right? She prioritized the presence of God because she understood that that's where she would find strength. And, and I know what you're thinking, especially the women. Great, thanks, I really appreciate it. You've now given me something else to do in my already very busy schedule where I can't find time. And, and understand this, and this is the promise. I, it, it can be very, very simple. It can come in pieces. Yeah. It's not, okay, I have to have one day where I rest. No, it can be that maybe you take a break from homework for a little bit. You step away from it. Maybe, maybe don't come at me for this, but maybe you give your kids a little bit more screen time so that you can have some head time. Maybe, yes, thank you. <laughs> kids, I'll be in the bathroom. Leave <laughs> me alone. It's always hiding. <laughs> I'm Korean, I got... Uh, stop it. <laughs> Maybe your week is super busy, and so you go through the drive through to pick up dinner. Amen. Come on, that'll preach. I'm not cooking tonight. <laughs> Kids, the clown is going to cook for you. Maybe it looks like calling your friends and having a ladies' night out and not feeling guilty about it. All right? We can get up and we can go and not feel like we've done something wrong because we're not. We're modeling for our kids that rest and self-care matters. Yeah. It is a healthy rhythm to be in. But we have to talk about it. I can't just be like disappear and he has no idea where I am. I got to talk about it. I got to say what's going on. And that actually leads to our next rhythm. It's a rhythm of communication. What we see in verse 40, it's going to be up on the screen, um, we see that Martha was releasing to Jesus. And I love this part where she says, do you even care? Of course he cares. He's Jesus. <laughs> like, he's, I mean, read ahead a little bit. He really, really cares, right? But Martha waited until she was at a point where, where she was, overflowing but she went to this person who she knew she could trust and in this point where she couldn't really see full perspective of what was going on this person who she trusted this person who loved her helped to redirect her and said to her you know what 
your perspective's off. And here's what you need to do. In verse 41, he tells us, you are, you're anxious, you're angry, you're troubled. I see that. But your focus is off. Focus on what matters the most. Martha was tipping, and she shared. And, and honestly, I've done this. I've gotten to the point where um, I am so busy and I am doing all of the things that my, my vision starts to become a little bit tunneled and I can't see anything in my peripheral. I don't know what's going on around me. I am laser focused. Someone actually wrote a complaint card one time about me at church because I didn't smile enough because I was so focused on kids ministry that I was like rushing to all the things. So I know I can do this. And here's what happens is my... My kids, it's a true story, yes. Um, it's resting Baptist face. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from that. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, that, that happened. But... Um, <laughs> Here's the deal. I can be busy. I can be in that tunnel vision. And then my kids can come and ask me for literally anything. They can be like, Mom, the house is on fire. And my response is, I don't care. Are you kidding? Do you see everything? I'm cooking dinner. I'm doing the laundry. I'm getting everything ready for school tomorrow. And I just don't have time for whatever that is. Go ask your father. Please. He's probably in the bathroom. No. <laughs> Touche. You see, while I'm trying to be the superwoman and doing all of the things, I'm missing out on the fact that my kids just want me. Yeah. I'm missing the beauty of the moment. And there's going to come times in middle school and in high school where they're not going to want me around. I know that that's going to happen. And I have to cling on to these moments that are happening so that they can get me through the dreaded teenage years. I need to hold on to something that matters more than the tasks that were in front of me. And so what did I need to do? I needed to do what is instinctually probably the most difficult thing for any woman to do. I had to uh, verbally express what I needed. And here's the thing. I, Typically, not all women, but the reason why this is so difficult for us is because we spend our entire existence identifying and taking care of the unexpressed needs of everyone around us. And we just desperately want someone to do that for us. See me. See where I am. But if I get stuck in that and I don't express how I'm feeling, then that's on me. So I had to go to Eric and I had to have a conversation with him and I said, can we, can we look at the budget? Because I'm drowning. I cannot keep up with three kids and you and the house and work. It is more than I'm able to do. Can, can you maybe say no to some of the opportunities that you have coming your way so that you're home more often and more present? And I, also, he is home and he is present. But I needed help. And so we looked at the budget, 
and we worked through it, and there was definitely some adjustments that we needed to do, some things that were part of our regular routine that needed to be cut, but help did come. Her name is Sabrina, and I don't ever want to do life without her. Sabrina, we I love, love you. Yep. Jesus loves you. If you're watching, thank you yes. for all the help. A Thursday when Sabrina shows up is a fantastic Thursday in our home. But here's the thing. If I had not communicated where I was, then it would not have gotten any better. Nothing would have changed. And we need to do this. We need to create a healthy rhythm of rest and communication that enables us to deal with whatever situations might come our way. And let me say this. Um, most men... Again, you may be atypical to this, but, but most men are not good at multitasking. Hence why I'm sitting, because I don't know how to handle all of this all at once. And so a man, a man when it comes to resting, most of the time, uh, we like to think about and do nothing. And so if you tell us anything, if you tell us anything while we're doing nothing, we probably heard you, but we didn't listen. And that's a, sermon, that's a sermon for another day. It's an we'll entire series, How to Stay Married. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> Here's what we're saying. Here's what I'm saying. You matter to God. Yeah. And you matter to us that love you. But we also need help with communication. Yeah. And here's the thing. We need to not sit in the silence, like I said before. You know, we immediately feel guilty about having to ask for anything, and sometimes it's probably because when people ask things on, of us, we feel frustrated, so we project that onto other people, but you got to do it. People aren't mind readers, and, and you're going to need to ask more than once, and here's the beauty of the Bible, guys. Jesus had to ask more than once. Yeah. He modeled that for us, and if we're supposed to emulate our lives off of him, if he can do it, so can we. In Matthew 26, 37 through 38, it says, And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful and even to death. Remain here and watch with me. He's talking to his friends moments before he knows he's going to be sacrificing himself for all of us. And he's saying, I am sad. I am troubled. I am anxious. I need you here with me. Be present. And what we see in the verses to come is that he has to ask them again because they fell asleep. And then he has to ask them again because they fell asleep again. Three times Jesus had to ask his friends, hey, can you show up for me? Because they had what was happening in their life and they maybe didn't catch the full scope of what he was saying to them. So don't sit in that silence. Yeah. Back to, to Luke 10 and to Mary and Martha. The great thing is that we see Martha asking. She waited until her breaking point, yes, but she still asked. So how do we avoid the blow up? Be intentional with your time. Schedule with people who will listen and you trust. Don't just like, you're in car line and it's like someone goes, oh, how's it going today? And you're just telling them everything. No, be intentional with the people you're sharing with. Make sure it's someone who has your best at heart. And here's the other thing. Don't wait to be asked. Share. 
Be vocal and communicate what's happening because you are worth it. You matter to God and you matter to us. Now, Jessica and I, we, over the past 14 years, we have gotten so much better at this working together and working together on our marriage. We have places where we can, uh, and spaces that we can talk to one another, intentional time. Yeah. We have our state of the union as a family where we express how we're feeling. We have our connect group. We have friends and family. The state of our union. That's uh, some of you guys didn't, anyway, it's not a joke. It's just what we do. <laughs> but some of you may be here today and feel like you don't have that. See, again, thank God that Martha she, she shared. She got to her, her breaking point, but she, she had a place to unload. Some of you, you feel like you don't have a place to unload. You don't have a place where you feel like you belong. You don't have your people that you feel like you can be honest to. And I want to encourage you today. You have that community in the church. That leads to our final rhythm for a renewed mind. If we want a, a renewed mind, we need a rhythm of community. Say community. Community. We need a rhythm of community. These were Jesus' people, okay? We see in the Bible he had his friends, he had his family, he had his disciples. We see him going to Peter's mom's house a few times for dinner with him and the disciples. He went to a party with people that he loved. But, but for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, these are more than friends. We talked about it a few weeks ago. His, his heart broke at the death of his friend Lazarus. He yeah. cried with Mary and Martha. He cried for Mary and Martha. Do you have that? Do you have a community where, where, where you can just invite them over and they feel like family and there's no awkwardness? Do you have a place where you can share anything that is on your mind and not feel like you're going to be judged or, or, yeah. or criticized or critiqued but based off of what you shared? Martha, she felt overworked and undervalued, but she had a friend and she had a space where she could share any and all of it and not feel judged. She had her family by blood, but, but more importantly, she had this family that was bought by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And this family, the church was there to support her when, when she was weak, to encourage her when things went well, who believed the best about her future and loved her throughout the entire process. Do you have that? Some people wrongly assume that the church should be like a family. No, the church is not like a family. The church is a family. It's an eternal, supernatural family given to us because of God's grace for us, because of the sacrifice of Jesus toward us, and this family is open and accepting of all people. It's not like a family, it is a family. Yeah. And unlike earthly families, we all have someone in our earthly family that, that has to come because they married someone in our family. It's like, do you really have to invite them? Okay, sure. No, you're not tolerated here because you're part of the family. I want you to understand this. We get to experience the blessing of being in this family by what we put into it. By what we put into it. See, creating a rhythm of rests and community for renewed mind isn't simply, you know, I'll come a few Sundays out of the month and listen to Korean guy talk for, you know, 35 minutes, sing a few songs, and maybe, maybe if I feel up to it and I'm really in a good mood, then I'll stay another service and, and serve. No, that's not what community is. Community requires contribution. 
What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. But hear this, the, the contributing is not about carrying your weight like Martha was looking to Mary to do. It's, it's about being committed. It's committing rain or shine in the good yeah. times and especially in the bad that you're going to show up and be connected. Here's the deal. God did not want us to be isolated. When he created Adam, he said it is not good for man to be alone. We are made for connection and community. And honestly, I am so grateful for my people. I'm grateful for my connect group that when something's going on, I can just send out a text message and they're praying. And I know that they're praying. If you're coming here one hour on a Sunday, that's awesome. You're doing something. Continue to come. But if you want to grow... If you want to go deeper, get into Connect Group. Have community, genuine people who are connected to you in your life. Yeah, in a few weeks, in June, we're actually starting a new uh, semester of Connect Groups where where you can find your people, where you can be transparent and honest and open and and have people who will pray for you and lift you up. We want you to get connected. You got to have that rhythm of community in your life. But maybe for some of you, maybe that isn't lacking. Maybe you have a Latin family like I do and people are always over all the time. You're like, the community is good. I, I, could, I could lay off a little bit of a community. But, but what I need is, is I need communication. I have a difficult time telling people where I'm at and how I'm feeling. Or, or maybe for you, it's, uh, I, I've been saying yes to so many things that I, I, I don't remember the last time that I woke up energized and ready for the day. I always feel like, oh no, it's another day. It's like Garfield. Oh, I hate Mondays. You can't remember the last time that, that you enjoyed living your life. Yes. Here's what we want you to know. Wherever you land, whatever describes you, if it's you need a, a rhythm of community, of, of communication, of rest, wherever that is, let's release that to God today. Yeah. Let's start there and say, God, I have trouble doing this. I have trouble explaining this. I give this to you because I want a renewed mind, and so I need these rhythms. Whatever that is, release that to him today. But, but more than anything, what we want you to understand is that all of these rhythms are found in relationship with Jesus. When we talk about rest, Jesus did all the work necessary. He said it is finished for us to be saved. So we can just rest in the fact knowing that, that, that he loves us. He's done the work for us. We can rest in him. When it's about communication, we have direct access to the creator God who made everything. And we can talk to him anytime about anything. And his love for us will never change. When it comes to community... We have been bought with the blood of Jesus. We are now not only just sons and daughters, but the Bible says we're co-heirs with Christ and all the the benefit and the blessing that God bestowed upon Jesus, we get to receive it. And we have a, a, a home forever. And while we're here, we have a community called the church that can help us. All of this is found in relationship with Jesus. That's so good. And here's the thing. For some of you, you might be in this room and you're saying, okay, I have all of those rhythms, but I, I'm not balanced. Like, I, something is still missing. Satisfied and full balance, that comes in a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. The only way you're going to get there. You know, for some of you, you, you might not know why you're in the room. 
You don't know why you're here. You're, you're showing up every week, but you haven't quite figured out why you keep showing up. There's just this thing that pulls you here. That thing is Jesus. You're searching for him. There's something inside of us that we're all searching for him. There are a lot of us here in this room that can tell you that life isn't perfect, but life with Jesus, it's better. There's hope that we feel in our darkest moments because we have that relationship with Jesus. And we're going to have a time right now where where if you haven't started that relationship with Jesus, we're going to give you that opportunity. But for those of us who are here in this room that already have made that decision and have committed our lives to Jesus, I actually have a job for you. I need you to start praying. I need you to start praying for the hearts of those in this room that are battling it out and trying to figure out whether or not they can actually take that next step because they don't feel like they're enough. They feel like they've made too many mistakes to be worthy of this Jesus that we're talking about, and you know that they are, so pray for them. And for those of you who are wondering and and you feel that pull, your head is hot and heavy, there's like this ringing in your ears, you're sitting there going, is she talking to me? I'm not talking to you, Jesus is. He's right there. You might have come today to make your mom happy for Mother's Day. But something is happening. You might have been here on Easter when Eric presented the gospel and you you didn't pray it and you feel like you missed your moment. You didn't miss it. God doesn't go anywhere. He is always here for you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bow our heads and we're going to close our eyes. And I'm going to give you some words. And I want you, make these personal. This is a conversation between you and God. Talk to him. But I'm going to give you some words to kind of launch off from. So let's pray together. God, I am sorry. I know I messed up, but I feel you pulling. I know you're here. And so God, right now, I'm surrendering my life to you. I am giving you my whole heart. I am promising you for the rest of my life, I will work every day to be the child you want me to be. God, thank you for calling on me. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you do. Please, Lord, come into my heart. I choose you. I follow you. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.